Welcome back. You got another edition of Michael L. Craver Presents. A very cold, somber Tuesday morning. Groundhog Day, February 2nd. We've been talking about enabling. If you've been listening everywhere, you're welcome to like and subscribe and share it with somebody. Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music, and Stitcher. Oh my. Feel free to ask any questions you have, and you can go back and listen to those old episodes. I always tell people, we used to call that the Savior Challenge. When I was a professional wrestler, I was known as Savior. Uh, folks would, would have different debates. Um, after I'd gotten out of wrestling, I was doing a few things involved in wrestling, and we'd gotten into to some debates, and there was any dispute about anything I'd said in the past, I said, look, um, all of those words are saved away. You're more than welcome to take any two statements that I make and put them against each other. If you want to call me a hypocrite, that's the Savior Challenge, you find two things that I said that conflict with one another. There are times, people, where we run into better information and uh, those things, well... That better information. It gives us a more informed or a more accurate point of view. And there's nothing wrong with having a more accurate point of view. So, I'm reading through my uh, notes here. This wonderful book that I had purchased. It's a, just one of these journals. Ideas Under Construction. Oh, Marshalls. Which is under that TJ Maxx and discount banner. Um. It's an interesting, um, this is what I'd written January 5th, 2017. The simple version is, I'm me. You feel moved, adventurous, of great spirit. Having done my part, I watch the layers of insecurity fall away. You're entertaining all of the wonderful chances till a silly decision unravels the formula. The unique element of me is passed over. I wonder, and then remind myself, it was out of my hands. Nice little poem. I just, uh, clouds are like the bookmarks in a novel of the sun. That's an interesting statement from a young author, don't you think? Anyway, the reason I've got this book out is because I was utilizing things that I have laying around the house. And uh, I think enabling, uh, which I'd been doing this enabling series, talking about resources. You know, the you know, folks that you see on television uh, when they're enabling somebody or they're, they're being taken advantage of, uh, per se, my son steals the stereo and sells it to get drugs. Have I enabled him? If I don't prosecute him or I don't follow through, I could be enabling him. Was I using the stereo? Uh, maybe I wasn't using whenever the item was. You never know what was missing. It was in the attic. It was in the basement, right? That's what I'm thinking about today because I spent a, it was part of my weekend reorganizing my desk, 
going through. You got old gift cards. Oh, man, I need to use these gift cards. These old journals. So many pages. I mean, I could just write, you know, my show notes in there and different things while I'm brainstorming. I like to take things like that, throw them in my car. If I'm going out to a restaurant, making a shopping list for the kids, holidays, budget, it's, it's wonderful for that stuff. And it's interesting to go back and look at those <coughs> because I don't keep them sequential like a journal and then end a volume and start a new book. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's like 10 or 15 of these things <laughs> that have pieces and parts throughout them over the last, uh, some of them go back almost you know, 10 years. So it's very um, cool. And resources are an interesting thing when you talk about enabling because you find that you have money just laying around, like grant money. I was talking about this in earlier episodes. There's these resources that some folks, they get older and they don't have the, the means to, to burn up their money the way that they did when they were younger. They decide it would be better off, better suited to just give that opportunity, that resource, money, whatever it might be, to somebody else. And that's an interesting perspective for somebody to get, you know. I'd rather this have a good home. And I talked about this with, you know, adopting animals or rehoming and so forth. You want this situation to play out in somebody else's favor that would really benefit. Oh, here's this item. I'm going to go list it on Facebook for a couple of dollars. Perhaps you're going to go on there and just free to a good home. Same thing maybe on eBay. I'm just looking to get the shipping covered, and I'd like for somebody to have this item, jacket, whatever it might be, that will use it. The Give a Kid a Coat program is, is very popular here. Of course, people go give blood because you can reproduce blood. They're given uh, currently. It's plasma, I guess is the right word. Antibodies, there you go, for the pandemic to be fought. And as I understood it from listening to... Um, 88.5 WSJS is 600. I'm trying to think if I got the call letters right for the radio station. But here in Winston-Salem, it's 88.5 public radio. And the young lady who was on there was talking about the if you go give antibodies and you go give the, the donation toward the fighting COVID, especially if you had it, that each donation would fight you know, up to four people. And, you, know, you could divide up your individual contribution into four different folks would be recipients of those antibodies. Interesting, to say the least. I look at these old books that I've got to write in, and you think, wow, you know, I've already used a bunch of them. Now, if somebody wanted something interesting, like I guess I was going to give them to my kids, you know, they go in there and look around, what was Dad writing? Looks like on this day he wrote, because mm-hmm. I try to put a date on things that I write. And apparently I didn't do that last week uh, when I was writing this, subconsciously, nonetheless. Um, I was talking about resources. Here's a different take on resources, because I'm talking about enabling people or whether it could be a beneficial or a detrimental resource, right? You could have too much time on your hands. You could have too much food on your hands. You could be a hoarder, a waster. I'm sure you have your own word for these these folks. People who have the resources have the time or energy. They're motivated and often exercise that energy in a combative way. Folks creating 
Is that right, folks? Creating great progress also have the willpower to turn all those resources in ugly directions. Persistence amplified towards breaking things down. And take all that energy and they want to, you know, be malicious with it. Deconstructing beyond where things began. Scorched earth. Folks despise imperfections. They're willing to undermine goodwill. Where that's coming from is uh, sometimes you have somebody and something doesn't go their way and they take that power of inquisition, of it being, you know, a question asker. Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? You know what? I can fix that in one easy step, man. Mm-mm. I want to know they'll waste an inordinate amount of time, right, going in the other direction, trying to vent frustration rather than accepting help or resolution. Finding satisfaction in the chaos. The reverse engineering is the most fitting term here. Intentionally undoing with systematic grievances one after another. There's no bottom until they reach the water table. And that's a metaphor for them, you know, going back to the well and going all the way down to the water table. There's no more land and there's nothing left to stand on. They're knee deep in the ground water. It's strange to me, the ignorance or lack of awareness for how people view resources, how they use resources, time, money, a budget. You have credit cards. All right. Do you understand what the interest rate is or when to pay off your credit card before the billing statement comes around so that when they run your credit report, you're not carrying over a balance onto your credit report. You can carry a balance on your credit card and you want to put your automatic payment or calling and make your payment before the reporting date, before the statement's issued. Then your statement is issued with a zero balance and your credit reporting agency does not show that you carry over balances. So if anybody randomly ran your credit, you'd be in good shape. Things like that. If you're a person who's in need, a lot of resources around you, especially now, where missions, individuals, a lot of people in homes or community, not homeowners associations, but a community um, network of people who are putting together, hey, I've got extra food. I went to the store and I bought one of these donation bags. A lot of stores have those bags or continue to year-round where you can go in throw a couple of dollars at the register and they give, you know, a bag of food to a family in need or to an organization who will then place that food. These are things that are very prevalent in almost every community. You may or may not know they exist. You ought to go after them. It's an interesting way to to spend a few extra dollars. Man, I was going to buy that on-demand movie or spend a couple extra dollars, as I've said in this series of podcasts, the dollar store or some other thing. Come on, man. Spend some money with a local company who's taking goods and giving them to people. You're doing goodwill. You're keeping the money in your community. You're supporting a person or an organization who is active in your community. They employ people in your community. You are increasing the quality of the world around you with those resources and those dollars. Or if you're donating your time, you're also you're including yourself and your time into resources that improve the world 
in your immediate space. Something to think about. Well, I give money to so-and-so. How does that affect your community? You may give to the starving kids somewhere else or jump on the plane or the boat and go on a mission trip. I don't know if they do much of those during the pandemic. My family has done a lot, a lot of people. We've gone down to, uh, to Cuba, to um, Jamaica, Dominican Republic. Uh, Carolina Cross Connection is something that I participated in when I was younger. It's um, a series of camps that you go out to these camps. Now, it's a Christian experience where they have a gathering of, it seems to me, five to seven, maybe more, churches where they bring a team from each church up to like 10 or 15 people. And you go out there, and materials are donated, and jobs are lined up. And so this crew of people, and they mix the, the crews. So if we have 10 or 12 people from our church, for instance, we would swap around, and there'd be now a group of like seven people who go out to a job, one from each church, or you know, two and one and one and one. Anyway. The kind of jobs that we would do because we were adolescents, I mean, you're talking eight to 15-year-olds, are to go out and, and maybe put a little vinyl down somewhere, replace a few boards on a, a deck to cool seal, which is to put the the sealant, the rubber seal, uh, onto a tin roof, maybe repair some vinyl siding, things like that. Because some of the, like my uncle went with us, right, and he's extremely skilled at his own construction company. And so the, the level of help that you can give to those people is dependent upon the skill level of the people who they're sending out. And I remember him, you know, not coming back to camp for, you know, he was supposed to come back at 3 or 4 in the afternoon and coming back at 10 o'clock at night because he was repairing something and saw rotting boards or something of that nature and way above and beyond. And the experience that you get is you you all show up and uh, a few exercises in song and dance and scripture and eating together and you sleep in these I guess you call them houses, um, lodges. <laughs> They're three-sided outbuildings. There's not a fourth side, and maybe there's a tarp or something, and you, uh, you sleep in those as if you're camping plus. <laughs> would be a good way to say it. So uh, I have great memories of, of doing that stuff and feeling interesting. Um, especially as you get older, you find out, like, man, that was... Something different. I'm I'm glad that you know those those kinds of things exist. You look around you and you think you know something like that could exist more on a more regular basis in my community. I don't encourage like like what I did on one of the jobs. Insurance nightmare, brother. We took about a hundred foot rope, and it was tied around a tree in the front yard, thrown over the house over the roof. And then I climbed up a ladder on the back side of the roof, tied the rope around my waist to the tree on the other side, and then pr- proceeded to dip the roller in a bucket and cool seal this roof so that it has the, um, the rubber texture all over the, the nails and the tin that's up on top of the house. Water won't get through and provides a layer of uh, moisture protection. Probably wouldn't want to do that in 2021. 
Uh, I cannot imagine it would be looked favorably upon that people wouldn't grimace and especially if I'd gone over the edge of the roof and started working on the other side, there'd be, <laughs> I wasn't tied to anything and I wasn't, but it, I'm okay with that. I jumped off a lot of roofs when I was younger, a lot of ladders, a lot of history with me and, and being silly and trampolines and wrestling and mattresses and breaking plywood <laughs> doors, jungle gyms, uh, flipping off of bleachers at high schools and stuff like that. So those experiences using resources like that from my community to go into another community and do good to try to improve somebody's quality of living is excellent. Excellent. And somebody said to me the other day that um, if you're talking about yourself, then you're you're narcissistic. You're talking about yourself. It's you. It's all about you. What you did, and so, and I hold on. You understand how conversations work, right? If you have an opinion about something and you state your credentials, all right, but you do this, let's say, in the written form, and you turn it in to a teacher and say, "Here's what I think, and here's my theory, and here's the bibliography to back it up." Teacher says, "F minus, you're a narcissist." <laughs> like, wait, what? I was turning in an English paper, you asshole. No, no. Narcissism. <laughs> That's not what that is. And everybody speaks from their own point of view. Don't pretend to speak for other people. Like, what the hell is that? The idea that you would speak for other people? It's all about you. Of course it's my point of view. It's a first-person dialogue that I'm having with somebody else. Speaking for somebody else. Now, when I'm working and I have to advocate for somebody, that's a different thing, but that's advocating. It's not debating, it's not sharing, it's, you know, it's, it's just ridiculousness. I can't believe you wrote a foreword in this man's autobiography. What a narcissist you must be. Uh, <laughs> that's how that works. I just, I, I these labels that, uh, these, damaged generation throws out there they're wrong they're inaccurate they're bullshit they're a lie a mistake they're not true someone calls someone who is overweight or medically obese obese they're not fat shaming them or otherwise they're stating factual information if you're poor and you're below the poverty line or you meet other characteristics of certain demographics and they were to use that terminology they're not doing anything to defame that person, and you could not take them into a lit litigation or, I guess, a civil process of slander, libel, none of that stuff. Why? Because it's true. That's why. It's one thing to make up lies about people and talk, you know, but it's if you're just talking to somebody and their answer to, to what you say because you have better information is that you're, oh, you're just a know-it-all. Do you want to know half the truth? Like, what what kind of shit is that? You imagine the guys at the spelling bee? Here's the guy in second place. He couldn't spell the word. He looks at the guy in first place. Ah, uh, you're just a spell it all. And he goes, yeah, and here's my trophy. So, up yours, mother... <laughs> I don't, hopefully the person at the spelling bee is a champion, has more dignity than that. Uh, a dignified situation. They're not going to do that on, on ESPN 8, the Ocho, or whatever it is. 
But I just think down about people who have really the, all of the resources that we have, they have those resources, and they piss them away. They take the time and energy to find ways to fight backwards and stall and muck up the process. And then those same folks, ironically, will try to argue progress with you or that somebody else is filibustering something, they're oppressive, they're holding people down, they're not being inclusive. And then these are the kind of cats who want to get a club and tell other people they can't join. So inclusive as a role model or as some sort of structure that they can then include everybody, that's not what they're looking for. We don't like those people in that group because they're not inclusive from other people. Uh huh. We'll start our own group. They're not invited. Oh, you got an inclusionary group, huh? That's right, we include people. Just not those people. We exclude them. <laughs> I don't see how anybody looks in the meat. What is it? You don't have to go to the zoo to see the hypocrites. You know, I just I don't understand the lack of awareness these folks have at all. Here are people who have things just laying around time, energy, information. We live where you can Siri this, Google that, Alexa, Bing. I mean, there's a large number of resources out there in print, digital, human contact. You can get answers. You can improve the accuracy of what you're doing. You can improve the decorum around you by simply learning those things and having etiquette. And that's E-T-I-Q-E-T-T-E. That's not educate. No, they're not educated and they don't have etiquette. They're missing the two big E's and yet they'll act as if they're making all A's. No, what you really needed was some E's. They're too smart for their own good? I don't think so. They're too smart. No, they're not too smart. They're not smart enough and they're up to no good. Yeah, they're backwards. Kids, self-educated and self-taught, and as Adelaide Stevenson says, they go to college to proclaim rather than to learn. Every idea is equal. No, nothing's right or wrong. I tell you what, I'll I'll come to your house and do some electrical work if nothing's right or wrong. Right? You don't need no licensed master insured electrician. Let me and. My friend over here do it. Who's your friend? Oh, he just got out. It's okay. Let us in your home. We're just as qualified and trustworthy. <laughs> I don't like the look in his eye. <laughs> and put that crowbar down. <laughs> no, man. All equal here. Come on. <laughs> I just, like, it's just the most ridiculous. Imagine that. These are like Saturday Night Live skits that people are trying to, to make into the real world. And they do. They got all these adult cartoons. They live in graphic novels and superhero movies. So their resources and their time are spent in fantasy land. You know, it's just so strange. I look at resources as these the same as periodic elements. And you look down that table, and there are finite resources in this bubble that we live in. 
How big is your bubble? That's one of my previous episodes, right? Do you only care about what's in your immediate surroundings? Do you care about your community as a bubble under the dome? Or do you care about what's in the atmosphere of the earth? So strange to see folks out there who just... And you got no... big picture ideas about how hypocritical, how backwards what they're trying to say really is. We'd like for the system to do this. All right. We're going to need a budget, and we're going to need you to set up the protocol for A, B, C, 1, 2, 3. Right? Even the Jackson 5 got that right. No. Free college for everybody. Make it happen. Make it happen. Where? Where's that money coming from? What about all these institutions who are built on the, the college lending practices? Well, uh, well, then you create a, a completely different avenue for everything to go down. Imagine what you're looking at if you start going down those tracks of people who buy those loans, collect those loans, who get the interest off those loans, what that means in terms of investments and hedge funds and so forth out of the money that is put into those accounts to be paid later. If it was all free up front, everything that is a derivative or that is a starting point from there and it grows larger and larger, it's got a greater impact, you take all of that away. That's right. There's a building here, and 600 people live on it. Let's say the earthquake damages the ground underneath that building. Now you've displaced everything that happens in that building. Maybe it was an office building, headquarters or something, apartment building, whatever. You start from scratch. Oh, we'll just build another building. With what resources? Everything you had is in the equity of that building. Sure, insurance will do a one-time payout for some of that stuff, or the individual people can claim all kinds of things. But where do they go from there? Because what happened today in that environment, right? And Okay, here is an operation or a living condition or an educational institution that we're going to take and just completely wipe out their protocol. Start from scratch. New curriculum. Everything. Now, if you've been learning something, first grade, tenth grade, and then they introduce something completely fresh, they just like a jury. The jury will disregard those comments. You can't forget what people said, what they've done, their contributions. This happens all the time. You got a guy like OJ. He's accused of this, acquitted of that. Never goes away, right? Doesn't change what he did in football. But everybody look at him differently. And his resources, recognition, his potential drastically changed. And you got the Twin Towers hit by a plane going down. Now you got the Freedom Tower. But the capacity of that building... Everything that happens on that real estate drastically changed. 
And it means everything's got to be restructured. It will not be the same as it was. Anybody that's looking at taking themselves and they're just going to, I'm going to quit my job and I'm moving to be a missionary. Well, what does it pay? What's your standard of living going to be? It's not going to be the same. You're not going to bring home all this payroll, you know, capitalist money. You'd be living under significantly different conditions somewhere else. It's going to change your diet. It's going to change your environment. It's going to drastically affect the quality of life that you have. Whether you think that morally or because spiritually you're going to be supplemented and uplifted by your choice of living this you know, life of service, or as some people would say, suffering. They think there's a greater reward on the other side of that. That is their belief. There's other people who would look at that and say, hey man, you got a nice place that you're living in, why are you going to go live in a mud hut? And that's for an individual to decide. But if you scrap the, if you're looking at, you know, these folks who are broad-minded or trying to speak for the masses and they want to change systems. Oh, you know what? We'll just... There's all this money floating around. One percent's got all this money. We'll just change their budget. You realize those are the people who own businesses and sit on the committees and do the payroll. They staff the human resources department that then vets your qualification, raises evaluations and everything, right? So if you go up there and you light a fire under their feet and they go to stomp it out, who do you think they're stepping on? People who have resources like that have options you can't believe to put money into securities, into tax havens, into all sorts of annuities that it'll never be taxed. You're talking about restructuring the entire system. And quite frankly, they don't have to be paid the same way. They could just own stock and catch dividends. There's a very high number of back-end ways for people who are hit with sales tax, payroll taxes, living taxes, estate taxes, there's a, an increasingly sophisticated system for them to be able to reroute their resources and keep just as much, if not more of them, or to deprive someone lower on the food chain so that they make the extra money to pay off the extra expenses. Oh, well, tax them if they're making over 400000 It'll be fine. All right, well, I'll just cut my staff. We'll cut the benefits. The money's not coming from me. Come from somebody else down the line. Retailers do this. Distributors and manufacturers do this. The cost of goods, the cost of production goes up. They're not going to charge the same money to the people that they're distributing to. They raise the prices to cover the cost of production because they're not going to lose not going to change the ratio for how they're doing their bookkeeping, payroll, investments. So the price goes up. And then the price, the retailer or the wholesale price goes up. And then the customer is going to pay a higher price. Hopefully, it maintains the quality of whatever is being transacted. Right? So if they decide they're going to make this cereal and they're just going to fill it with a lot of flavored corn, 
instead of having whatever ingredients used to be in there. Well, guess what? It's going to taste a little different now. You can go buy your Lay's potato chips and your Doritos, and you might have noticed that the old bags used to be 10 ounces. Hey, wait a minute. The new bags are like 7.5 ounces. That's right. They're the same price, aren't they? They took 25% of that away from you and kept the price the same. No, they haven't increased the price. They changed the portions. I've noticed that uh, they have all these fancy crusts on my DiGiorno pizza now. Croissant crusts and things of that nature. You're not saying it right, Michael? Oh, okay. Croissant. You know, but those things are done in what look like fancy coup d'etats of new choices. Well, they're not fresh choices just for the sake of them keeping it fresh and lively at the same price and increasing your quality and experience. Yes, you should have a great pizza, right? It costs different. That's why. That's why the pizzas are thinner. A lot of thin crust pizzas out there. That's right. You ever wonder why? <laughs> Look around. It's cheaper. It's cheaper to produce. And yet the thin crust costs the same as the regular hand-tossed crust. Hey, wait a minute. I might be getting screwed here. You might be. I've always looked at it in, in, in terms of weight. My resources are like this. I, I go by the meat department where chicken usually now is between 149 and 179 a pound. Uncut, just chicken breast. And I go, man, I can I can eat meat for a dollar forty nine to a dollar ninety nine a pound, whatever it might be, right? Even the the highest chicken goes in in my neck of the woods, what dollar ninety nine a pound. You go over and you go buy a pizza that's five dollars for sixteen ounces. Well, sixteen is a pound, right? Sixteen ounces, one pound, five dollars. Five dollars a pound. Heck with that. I can get two pounds of two and a half pounds of chicken for that. And I go, all right, no more pizza. I'll just eat chicken. Now you have to prepare the chicken using, you know, some sort of oil or butter or seasoning. I do it's oil, butter, seasoning. Maybe I throw some noodles in there. But remember, I can buy. A whole box of noodles and butter for every single pound of chicken and still pay less than that pizza. And I'm giving each of these examples as something you might want to research for yourself. You know, do you want to spend more time in your community doing something that you think, like the missionary example, is going to be spiritually fulfilling for you, right? I want to own less. I want to be a minimalist. And I'll have more to show for it inside. My my heart will feel bigger. My mind will feel clear. My conscience will be cleaner. If you're a person who's a budget shopper and you <laughs> want to take some excuse me extra time to clip coupons, you want to go online, find the best deals. I encourage you, as a person who's a community advocate, to sort of sit back and consider each thing that you're doing. Save a few dollars for yourself, your household. Spend that money in a local-ish store. Go from there. Realize the impact of what you're having. Right? We're bailing out the post office. Yeah, because you're going and buying Amazon all the time, and they got a terrible... 
it, I mean, for the post office, this is a terrible ratio of uh, work to income. So, and I wouldn't... I don't uh, wish that on anybody, right? For your business to be absorbed by some larger, you know, box store that is just wiping everything in the community out. If they're doing good, they're, they're building things around your home, they're keeping, let's say, uh, other folks in business, right? Great. But if it's if it's a store like a a Walmart, I mean, they're going to absorb your, your tire shop, your hardware, your upholstery, your food, grocery, your clothing, and one-stop shop, your lens crafters, your hair salon might be in there, Wood Forest Bank might be in there. And so all of those things are under one roof, and they're all going back to Bentonville, Arkansas. Some of them are, are divided up with the individual people who lease those spaces. But it's a terrible thing for your community. Think twice about what you're doing with your resources. Maybe avoid those things at all costs. Use them as an emergency, maybe, yeah. The other thing that I'll point out to you before I roll away, and I'm going to dwell on this because I don't like to do a lot of negative stuff, is if you're one of these folks that I was describing earlier where you spend your time and your resources in an ambitious way, but then you can't let go once something doesn't go your way. I can't, I can't believe this. What an outrage. And, and you're going to spend all this time being vindictive. Get rid of all that. Play a decent song. Have a dessert. Get yourself a candy bar. A snack. Have some quality time. Call up somebody. Every time you think you're going to call somebody and be mad, call up a family member. Hey, how are you doing? What's up? Push the reset button. Somebody that had nothing to do with it, just call them up. Not to vent to them. Just start talking in a different direction and let it go. Let it go. I'm telling you this from experience. It doesn't work the same for everybody. Not everybody's got the same resources, etc., etc. It's an option. As I've said about so many things, as it is it applies to everything on these broadcasts. You don't have to do any of these things. They're questions, they're thoughts, they're ideas that you can seek out, try out, and you can have your own chances with them. Maybe they're not going to be successful for you. Maybe you've got a tweak and a twerk and a change that you'd like to share with me or somebody else. I welcome that. I don't take personal offense when people tell me that I'm talking about myself or citing credentials or experiences or studies, resources, whatever it might be. <laughs> They're not mine. I try to operate with the best information possible no matter where I have to find the best information possible. Some sources are more credible <clears throat> I'm sorry, than others. Some things are worth more credit than others. A lot of things have lower interest rates or they're more secure than others. So as you're making your choices about where you're going to invest your time and your spirit, where you're going to pull your information from, I encourage you to be a person who looks at their resources in total as they're making decisions. How does this affect your time, your spirituality, 
your family, your community? What's it do for your future? Are you knowingly or willfully ignorant to the fact that you're doing something that's self-destructive? Are you doing something that takes significantly longer to be malicious about and tear down and break down? To give bad vibes, to have a terrible experience with somebody? Are you putting your resources into that as opposed to having a wonderful experience or allowing someone to solve something to give resolution that's on the table. You're ignoring resolution for the sake of being an asshole. I was wronged. Okay. Right here's the solution, the correction, the new direction. Acceptance is a powerful thing. I want to talk about that coming up next. Hope you have a great Tuesday. Thank you for listening to me. I belong.